All right, Heather. Yes. Uh, I guess A, B, C, D, or E, or F. <laughs> I don't have something for most of these, but okay. you know, pick a letter and we'll see. Mm, C. Okay, news, movie news more specifically. Mm-hmm. I feel like there should be more news than there is right now. Um, you know, Academy Awards came out or nominations came out. Those yeah. were all pretty fucking useless. They were a little bit more disappointing than I wanted them to be. They were exactly what I thought they'd be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your faith in the awards things, are have they were long gone before mine, so makes sense. I look forward to Marvel movies more than I do awards shows at this point. That's... I look forward to DC movies before I look forward to these uh, movie award shows. I look more forward to M. Night Shyamalan movies. For those just tuning in, those that's not good. None of those are good for him, so... This is saying something about like, award season. I just like, I don't care. They're like, oh, but what about these snubs? And I'm like, they're not snubs. They're also not, you know, none of it matters. It's all stupid. It's, you know, there are people that are mad that like X didn't get nominated for anything. And I'm like, have you ever seen an Academy Awards? Yeah, not surprising. Still doesn't make it like, that was maybe a bummer for some, not necessarily for X, but in general, there's so many people that could be nominated that just never are because that's not the type of movies that get it. Yeah, no, that's all. It's all dumb. Um, Apparently Woody Allen came out with another movie. After he retired or whatever he said he did. Well, apparently his publicist said he retired, but he never actually said that. But apparently this movie was, you know, in the works, if you will, uh, before he retired anyway. Like, it had already been filmed. Okay. Interesting. I wonder how that did. I don't know. It just came out. What's it called? Spoilers. <laughs> Um, it is called Rifkin's Festival. Okay. Nope. Never heard of it. I mean, I'm just very disappointed in everybody in this movie. All right. So Wallace Shawn. It's really sad that he's in this movie. Who's that? Wallace Shawn is the uh, the guy from The Princess Bride that does like the poison scene. You know, okay. the inconceivable. Like, or mm-hmm. I think so. Like, it's been a minute. But yeah, that guy. Like, he's in it. Gina Gershon's in it. Yeah. Uh, Richard Kind is in it. Uh, just, you know, people. So I'm just all kinds of disappointed in Steve Gutenberg. Hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, like. I didn't really care about Steve Gutenberg anyway, but he's in it. Christoph Waltz. Oh, that's he's disappointing. 
Michael Garvey. I don't know. He looks familiar, but then doesn't all at the same time. Bobby Slayton. Who's Bobby Slayton? Oh, yeah, he's in things, I guess. Don't really care about that guy either. But Christoph Waltz, Wallace Shawn, Richard Kind, and Gina Gershon all make me sad. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Come on, Gina Gershon. Why are you doing stupid shit? So that's a thing. Like I read part of a review for it too. And they were like, you know, they talked about the whole retiring, but apparently didn't retire thing. And they were like, yeah, this is one of the first movies he's done after, you know, everybody got reminded of all the terrible things he used to do. Right. And then they actually go into a legit review of the movie. They're like, oh, it's like this kind of Woody Allen. And I'm like, just fuck off. Like, don't sit there and kind of act like you're morally outraged that he made another movie. Then take it seriously. That's how you, you know, more or less really actually take it seriously. Or don't have just moral outrage about it. You just don't fucking review the movie. You don't watch it. You don't give it anything other than like something like this where you're just like, it's garbage and I'm disappointed in every single person that's in this movie because no one is in this movie can claim they didn't know at this point. (laughs) So your review is disappointment in the people in it (laughs) for even being in it. That and Woody Allen can fuck right off. Yep. There was some other news I thought I had. Oh, in March, Netflix is getting rid of its, or going to start charging extra for its uh, password sharing. I did hear about that, and Netflix users all over the world wept, probably. Well, they claimed that like 100 million households use Netflix without paying for it because of that. I just don't think that's true. Hmm. Yeah. I just don't. They want that to be true because they're like, well, if we just, you know, if every one of them pays four extra dollars a month, you know, that's 400 million more a month. I think they're actually just going to get people canceling instead. Like you're going to lose like. It's going to backfire probably. Yeah. I mean, because if they were making that amount of money. Like, if they were making a hundred, like, just that alone in normal subscriptions, if there's a hundred thousand or a hundred million houses not paying for it, that would imply that there's at least a hundred million houses that are. So that means they'd be getting what two, two to twenty billion dollars a month. Hmm. I just don't think that's accurate. Yeah, where's the math? So two billion. They'd be getting two billion dollars a month. So Netflix would rake in twenty-four billion a year. Come on. 
Like, I just don't see it mathing out properly that way. Yeah. You know, and with all this other stuff, I just, I think it's really just going to backfire on them. I could see that happening. Yeah. I'm probably canceling my Netflix. (laughs) Just because I don't, I barely watch it. I've. I've watched like two or three things on Netflix over the last like six months, you know, and I think it's all shit we mainly did for this. Yeah. And then outside of that, I haven't watched it. And so the, you know, the subscription I pay for, yeah, just two other people I can think of have access to my Netflix account and, you know, they watch it. I don't. So it balances out like, just fuck off Netflix. Like other than that, you're just making empty money on me. I'm not using you and just paying it. So just fuck off and deal with it. <laughs> it's not even like I'm, I have the cheap Netflix. I have like the high end 4k multiple stream Netflix, you know, they can just fuck off and deal with it. I mean, I do have a feeling that in 10 years time, it's going to be, Nope. In company heaven with Blockbuster and whoever else. I think 10 years is too long. Two. I okay. give Netflix two more years. Really? <laughs> I'm, I was going to say five because, I mean, in two years, spoilers. people will probably be at least like watching the last season of Stranger Things or something. But yeah, two, after two years, maybe three years, three years from now, maybe. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I just, I've been more down on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I've been more like doom and gloom on them and thinking they're more likely to die sooner. I think when we did our streaming wars thing, I predicted they'd be done within five years. Yeah. I think I predicted even, I think I predicted two years a year ago. Um, but I'm not completely wrong because they did start losing people. They posted their, their biggest loss of customers since then. And now they're doing all the shit like adding ads and, you know, doing an ad tier and doing, you know, paying for password sharing. It's just a matter of time before more people leave because they're fucking tired of all their bullshit. Yeah. They're adding more reasons for people not to want it for whatever reason. But it's weird because you just think about how different everybody is. Like I was talking to somebody um, earlier today even who was saying Netflix is the biggest streaming service that they watch. And that's where they would prefer to watch their content and things like that. So it really is. And those those are going to be the people that want to, you know, continue paying the money for it. But it's just crazy to me. I mean, it goes back to our... I think our uh, episode we did about it too of like, well, what service do you prefer and why? And some people it still just is worth it to them. But I do think that in the past year, especially it feels like more people are seeing why Netflix is not the guess, you know, popular choice anymore. So I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I just don't know anybody that really, like, 
goes with Netflix. I mean, Netflix used to be the place you would go to watch old shit. You would go watch your office, your Parks and Rec, your Seinfelds, your Friday Night Lights, all those like types of shows. None of those are on Netflix anymore. You know, so what is it really offering to people at this point? And in in that regard, like it, it doesn't keep up with any of that other stuff in that, you know, in that token. So. Right. Yeah, it kind of like, you know, it tends to have a little bit more of some of your viral shows. Like it had your Tiger King, had Stranger Things. And had Wednesday, right. uh, Matilda. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of like they just had these flashes in their like in the pan, you know. Right. It had the Flaniverse, uh, which is moving somewhere else now, isn't it? Amazon, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to like, it's not going to lose its old stuff. It's just not going to get any more of it. Yeah. You know, it has the Witcher, but nobody's going to watch the Witcher after season three just because of Liam Hemsworth. And I feel kind of bad for Liam Hemsworth because what if he comes in and he's even better than Cavill is at it? Right. But just nobody gives a fuck. Nobody's watching to know that. Right. You know, and when they come in and they more or less say that unless it just destroys everything, you know, numbers wise, season four is probably going to be the end of The Witcher. So they're already telling you like three years in advance, you're going to get one more season with a different guy that's probably going to end it. And they expect people to care and to want to watch it. Yeah. You know, so. Oh, no, like just they're stupid. They're just dumb people. <laughs> it always made me the most upset when, like you said, you you go there to watch the old shows that you love, and then suddenly they're just not there anymore. That was always my my least favorite thing that Netflix did was take those things off. Like Parks and Rec used to be on there, and what else was it? Psych used to be on there. Just like these shows that are good, fun, old favorites, and then... Now suddenly it's like, nope, we're we're taking it off. We are taking it out of rotation. It is not going to be here anymore. And then I'm like, well, then why do I want to watch you? <laughs> so I get it. Yeah. Well, that was most people. And it's just because most people didn't realize that, like, there's zero reason for these companies that have their own streaming services to not put those shows on them. I mean, you just named, like, five shows that are all on Peacock. Right. Yeah, so they all moved there. You know, why is Peacock just not going to go, well, come here and watch it? Yep. And that's what I do now. So it was perfect. Yeah. Netflix's days are numbered. 2025, the year Netflix dies. I don't even know if they're going to get to Witcher season four. I think they're going to die before then. You think so? Yeah. I mean, season three hadn't even come out yet. I think they've just said this year or something like that. I don't know. Maybe they did put a date on it. I don't know. Who cares anymore? You're not going to watch it, so. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just... Oh, so dumb. Anyway, you ready to talk about this movie? Yeah. All right, well, here comes our theme song. Somebody will listen to me. Nobody knows anything but you. Cinema Slayers. Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I am Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather. Just Heather, no Justin. Uh, he's getting prepared for wrestling stuff. The WWE Royal Rumble is this weekend, and he's, you know, may or may not have stuff uh, going down regarding that. So he's off preparing for that. And we are doing this. Sorry, I was not on the last episode. It's been a while since I've missed one. Uh, But I was a little under the weather. I had the flu. Didn't have the COVID. I had the flu. And just remember, get your flu shots, kiddos. I typically do. I didn't this year. And it wasn't because I chose not to. I had one, uh, an appointment scheduled uh, because of work. I had to miss it, and I hadn't had a chance to reschedule it yet. And then I got the flu. So I was like, son of a bitch. Of course it would happen. Yep. Yeah, it's going around. But I am back. I'm mostly better. My My throat's still a little... Little raspy, but that's always good for for microphones. Yeah, they they like the raspy tones. So with all that, uh, tonight we are gonna talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the new movie Missing. We will go recommendation, or we will go spoiler free recommendations and scores, and then into a more. Spoiler-centric section. And with all that, Heather, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about Missing? Right. So, Missing. I, well, I thought it was a really good movie. It was very reminiscent for me of Searching, which I know we've talked about a couple of times on here. and how much of a fan that we were of that movie as well, which was, I think back in 2018, maybe 2019, something like that. um, I think 2018 is right. Yeah. And it was such a great underrated movie. Like it was such a good movie. I've watched it a couple of times since it came out and it still holds up. It's still very good. So, you know, hearing about this and this was the same the same people that created that created this, if I'm not mistaken. And that was like a sign for me of, okay, definitely if, if it stays on track and it's doing what it did in that first film, it's going to be great. And it did not disappoint. It was definitely a very great um, mystery thriller movie. It, it was just creative and they were able to get creative with it 
even more so than they did in that first film. And I, I talk about them together just because of the nature of what these films are. It's not really a direct sequel per se. It's just kind of in the same universe, if you will. But what they did in the first film was so creative and clever. And they really just did more of that clever, creative thing in this one. And I wasn't bored at any point. It uh, was paced really well. It has really good acting. It has very believable, realistic things that they do to try to figure out what's going on. And uh, Storm Reed is the main character here in this one. And I love Storm Reed. I think she's a really great young actress. And she really just killed it in this role as well. She was a great lead for it. And Neil Long was in this. And yeah, they, they just had a, a good cast of people. It's a smaller cast. There's not a whole lot of people really necessarily in the movie, but the people that are there really bring it. And I just think the the story they tell is, it's, I guess the word I would say is, I mean, it's just, it's not predictable, I don't think, in any sort of way. And, but it's not one of those, it's so far-fetched that you're just like, okay, this is dumb and unrealistic or unbelievable. There's no point in this movie where I thought that. The entire story, the entire way that things play out in this movie is really well done. And they do callbacks. They kind of plant little hints for you as to things that they're probably going to do throughout this film. And it really pays off when they do it. So I think it was really, really well done. And I'm just so glad that they made another one of these because I just, I've been raving so much about searching and then hearing that this one was going to be a similar thing. I was like, oh my gosh, just more of something that I love. And mystery thrillers are my favorite type of films. And this is just a very um, stand up top notch way to do a great mystery thriller film. So yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, I really like searching. Uh, to be more specific, this is kind of by the same team that did searching. It's not the same director, but mm -hmm. the guy that directed the first one also helped write it, and he also helped write this one. Um, this was directed by some of the editors of the first movie of searching. Okay, so so it's the same creative team. Sort yeah, of. yeah, and you know, so you know, a lot of people that were involved in that were involved in this, and. With all that, it, it really just kind of works because, A, it doesn't get too grand. I was kind of worried with the whole idea of going to another country, like, and having elements of that. If it was going to end up being too grand of a movie, especially for something that's supposed to be a little bit more intimate than that. And they did a really good job of helping that balance. And by keeping everything to, like, watch screens and a computer screen and phone screens and, you know, surveillance cameras. Once again, it does a great job of kind of just narrowing your focus, which kind of helps keep some of the mystery alive. Like throughout the movie, it kind of helps it drag out. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it just makes it 
to where you're not guessing it right off the beginning because you have a larger scope and you start thinking all these different well things. Well-rounded. Yeah, for sure. You know, it helps narrow your focus down to kind of keep you just attuned to the elements they want you to be attuned to at the moment. And then with all that, they did a great job of, of pacing with it. Like you said, you never really get kind of bored. They have some really good, like mid movie twists that reinvigorate you and stuff. And they've got some good red herrings in there. They don't feel cheap, you know, and they do a real good job of getting you to focus on things that you feel like it's going to be like a big thing, but then it's a small thing that then just kind of then ties to a big thing. And so it's just got really great elements to it that kind of keep you enthralled and engaged with the movie throughout it. You know, my biggest complaint with this movie more or less is the whole idea that a teenage girl would be just at her computer so much because that's what she is. She's at her computer for so many things. Yeah. When I feel like most younger people would be on their phone or a tablet or something a little bit more separate and more private than a computer the whole time. Uh, Mainly because, I mean, that's how I live. I, I mean, I have a very, very nice computer uh, to do all the editing and everything I do on it. But, you know, I still, I use it for editing. I don't really, I don't browse on my computer. I don't talk much on my computer. My computer's for this podcast and those related things. If it wasn't for that, I I don't even know if I'd have a computer anymore. I'd probably just have a tablet. Um, But, I mean... That's my one big kind of complaint with it is just that part of it feels a little forced just to kind of get uh, what they want out of it. But I mean, in general, if that's my biggest complaint, I'm not really hurting, you know, my score for the movie because of that. Yeah. Because outside of that, the you know, the acting is really great. The pacing of the movie is great. The way it's shot is fantastic. You know. The story itself is very intriguing. Uh, you know, there's some other minor things here and there that I think are a little rough in this movie. One of them is the way they do some of the Photoshop for like de-aging stuff or some of to show older photos. They look a little fake. You know, this isn't a spoiler of anything, but like there's a picture of the main character when she's younger with her father. It's like the background of her computer and they use it for like an Instagram shot. And the way they make the dad look, it's bad. For it being such a center focus of the movie, the way it looks, it looks <laughs> like some bad de-aging. You know, I'm like, if you're having that be be such a central part of your movie, clean it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, but... That's fair to say. It doesn't even look like an old picture. It looks like a bad Photoshop picture. Like that's the problem is it's not like it looks like an old one. It just looks bad. Yeah, that's fair to say. I didn't think about that, but you're right. You know, like the dad's face looks like a little bit plasticky. It doesn't look old or slightly blurry. It looks plasticky. 
And it mm-hmm. just bugged me every time that man's face came up on, on, on the big screen of the movie theater. Yeah. I was like, he looks like a Ken doll. <laughs> yeah. But outside of that, I mean, I thought it was just a very well done movie. And I thought it was really great that I hadn't really seen the trailers much. I saw the first trailer mm-hmm. was like, oh, they're doing another movie like Searching. I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And then I never watched anything else. So I don't remember if there was some of the stuff in this movie that was given away by the trailer or anything like that. Because like once I, like I said, once I had, you know, once I was like, oh, it's just like Searching. I was already signed up for it. Right. So... I kind of half paid attention to the trailer at that point. So maybe some of the reveals and some of the twists or whatever of the movie are in the trailer. I don't know. I don't remember. I just remember being in the theater going, Oh, that was a really great way of doing that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Uh, Recommendations and scores. Yeah, let's do it. Recommendations and score. Even without Justin, we have a little Justin. Uh, recommendations and scores. Uh, go. Yeah, I absolutely recommend it. This is just probably one of my favorite movies I've seen more recently. If you take out the menu and you take out Glass Onion, this is definitely one of my favorites that I've seen in the more recent months. Um, It's very, very well paced. It's a really thought provoking thriller with great acting and a great actual story to it. So, yeah, I think it's really, really well done. And I think I, I don't, you know, I was such a big fan of searching. Like I, I, it's like searching is, is like here and missing is like right there. Like it's so close. Like they're very, very neck and neck for me. For people just listening and not looking at the YouTube video, it was like a (laughs) hand up and then just a little bit under. This is true. Sorry, I'm speaking, I guess, to my YouTube audience right now. But yeah, it's like, it's just like an an inch difference if you think about like close call as far as how much I like these films. But I think it's just, it's it's compelling. And I think it's very, I, I love how smart they also made the lead actors in this, the two leads. I love the, just the, you're really not knowing what's coming next. And I just, I just find it fascinating that they can make a movie like this where it's essentially just, you're seeing everything through her eyes via her computer and you can still just make everything so intense and so captivating and like, what's going to happen next? What is this? Like you don't need 50 different locations of scenes to happen for that to be like, we're there. We're pumped up. We got the adrenaline going. They just, they did it all from this computer screen and just, it's so well done. I mean, for the most part, it's through that, but it's just so clever and so creative. And I just, I love how they do it. It's so, it's so good. And 
I think Storm Reed is really um, endearing and really just somebody that I was drawn to in this movie with her character and just the different emotions that she's going through for different reasons. She really portrays that so well. And I think um, I just, she was just so believable as this character. And yeah, I agree with you. I think really just the fact that I'm like, wow, she's on her computer a lot was really the only thing that felt a little off that. And the fact of like, she was very isolated a lot of the time. And for the purpose of the movie, I understand that, but I think that felt a little bit less realistic than it would have been maybe in real life with her not being around any adults for as long as she was for a lot of this film. But yeah, it's, it's really well done and I definitely recommend it. And and it's not one of those where you have to see searching to, to see this, like they're not correlated in that way at all. So, you know, you don't have to prep yourself to watch this for any reason. It's just a straightforward standalone story with that same really just clever concept to it. Yeah, definitely a great movie. I would certainly recommend it. I give it, um, I'm going to give it 92, 92. Yeah, I'll give it 92. Um, task rabbit people that go above and beyond out of a hundred. To be fair, he was actually Go Ninja. Oh, that's right. Because she looked up Task Rabbit and what it was in uh, Colombia, mm-hmm. right? And that's yes. what it was. So go ninja. It was go ninja. So ninety or ninja go or something like that. But ninety one, go ninja. Oh no! You dropped it a point. Just ninety two. I'm sorry. Just because Task Rabbit isn't there, you're like, well, then fuck this movie. <laughs> the thing is, I I was teetering between ninety one and ninety two, but now ninety two. Which one is it? Which officially? Ninety two. It's ninety two officially. Ninety two go ninja. People who go above and beyond out of a hundred. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Um, it doesn't hit as hard as Searching does, and I think part of that is from the fact that when Searching came out, it was just that much more unique. You don't quite get the same uniqueness out of this movie in that regard. Um, plus, just overall, I think the story in Searching is just a little bit more hard-hitting than this one is. Uh, but I still really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was uh, really great. It it kind of made me like feel that, like slightly worried about twenty twenty three, because I've kind of watched a lot of great shit lately. Like, yeah, I know I wasn't on the episode, and you guys at least read my score, but. Uh, Puss in Boots is fantastic. You know, and then I get this. And then I'm like, man, the next movie I watch better be fucking good. Because if it's not, it's going to feel that much worse. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm coming off two really great movies back to back. 
And so whatever we do next, uh, which we know, but it's going to be a surprise for you guys. So I'm not spoiling it, even though, I don't know, this will come out after we record that one, but still. It's, it's really good. I just, it's it's one of those things that like, I don't want to say it's one of those movies that reminds you of why you go to the movies, because it's not. Because you can very easily just watch this movie at home. You don't need it to be on a big like movie theater. But it's just one of those movies that you go to in a movie theater and you just feel so good for watching it. You're just like, man, I watched a great movie. You're satisfied when you leave the theater. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things like you just... I kind of love watching movies and going, man, that was really great. This is why I love watching movies. This was not a waste of my time. Yeah. I mean... Not even that. It's not even that it's just not, like not a waste of my time. It's like, I feel like it's a good use of my time. It's not even that it just yeah. didn't waste it. It's like, oh, I enjoyed myself for that amount of time. Yeah. You know, it just, you know, it's just something that I really, you know, I, I can't recommend enough. Um, oh, no, I guess I'll give it a. I don't know, an 88. Uh, 88 weird, like, Onyx-esque beaded necklaces that your attention is intentionally drawn to several times uh, out of 100. That is correct, yes. So, uh, the official Cine score for this movie is a, uh, a big old 90, nine zero. All right. I'll take it. The yeah. funny thing is with this movie, I feel like a lot of times when we talk about these in the, um, recommendations portion of it, or even the non-spoilers, it's almost like it's hard because you're, you're just kind of like. I want to say all of these things about it right now, but with this movie, it's almost like you can't really say too much about it because it could just give something away. <laughs> like I feel like there's, it's just going to be, it's hard to talk about this in a non-spoilery way for me because everything I want to say about it is going to have to have some kind of a spoiler in it. <laughs> so it's just a little bit different to just be like, it's just good and you need to see the movie to know why it's so good, you know? Well, then let's go to spoilers then. Hey. You could have just said that. Yeah, I'm just... You, you could have just been like, hey, Sterling, <laughs> hit the spoilers button so I can say more. I was just hoping, you know, the, I wasn't the only one that felt that way. You were. All right, well, then let's I just go there anyway. I had zero problems just saying, yeah, just watch the movie. Okay, well, then let's just go there then. That wasn't the whole thing. Spoilers. Jeez, our, my sound pad is going bonkers tonight. It's just, it's playing part sounds, sounds randomly when it, it it's going bananas. Anyway, you know what, Heather? Since you were so eager to talk spoilers, you can go first. Oh, yeah? I don't know why you're shaking your head at me. You said that like it was a bad thing. I'm just saying you're you're like like chomping at the bit to talk spoilers. So 
I was going to let him, like, you know, let you go so you don't explode. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, no, I, the thing with this movie is, I mean, obviously what it is, is her mom is going on a vacation with her new boyfriend and ends up going missing. She doesn't come home. Her daughter's supposed to pick her up from the airport. She doesn't show, you know, and that's sort of the premise of what this movie is about. So the whole mystery is trying to figure out where is her mom? What happened to her mom? All of this. So the thing that is really, it is really interesting because she's a, she's a, a only child. And what we're told about the dad is that he died a while back. And so she doesn't have, literally she's by herself just trying to figure out what's going on with her mom. And she has friends that come around. She has people that know her mom that come around. And, but yeah, she's very much just on her own trying to get things done. And I guess that that's the part that was, it wasn't unbelievable, but, but I guess it was kind of impressive of her that she was just like, no, I need to figure this out. I need to figure out what's going on. Need to figure out where my mom is. And just in her mind, in her brain, she's just like researching all of these things to figure it out. She's asking for help, of course, and getting the police involved. But the majority of things that we're learning about what's going on in this investigation or in this whole situation is through her eyes of what she's finding out either as she's researching it or as she's getting phone calls from people, right? So it's it's just really so cleverly done in that way. But I think that um, I really liked the dynamic between uh, Storm Reed and Neil Long, and I'm trying to remember what her name is in the movie. What is her name in the movie? It is June. Junebug. Oh, yeah. Her name is June in the movie. So... June and her mom, Grace, I really like their dynamic because it feels very realistic to an actual mother-daughter relationship after they've gone through a lot, of course, because, you know, the the dad has died. He's no longer there. And so it's just the two of them. And you could just tell that there's like this, there's this distance between them. They're not close, but they have this chemistry as mother and daughter. So we're seeing this sort of a little bit before the mom leaves on her trip. And when she's going and she's going with her new boyfriend, they're apparently going during the time period of whenever father's day is, I believe. So it just feels very much like there's this, wall continuing to go up between them that you gradually sort of see as you're hearing about their relationship dynamic because June feels like her mom doesn't care about the fact that it's hard for her to deal with her dad being dead around Father's Day and things like that and wants her there. And so there's just this kind of rift between them. And you don't really know why until much later on. And it, and Sterling is right what he said before about there's some red herrings and there's people that you think that you should be weary of and think that might be 
part of it or in on it or whatever it may be. And it just takes you on this really cool, wild journey, sort of. And I think my one of the things I loved most was <laughs> that she's like, whatever website it was where she was able to see the live cameras around the area where her mom was at in Columbia. Um, it was cool because, you know, she's, she's viewing them from the street view and she's seeing, Oh, her mom's there with her boyfriend and she's apparently just gotten proposed to and all of this. And, and then, you know, you see just a couple of other photos of, or not photos, camera shots of things going on. And she's just like so confused. She's like, wait a minute, hold on. And then you just see this moment where she's about to lose hope. And there's a lull in the case where she's going back through all of these pictures she's been getting since her mom's been on vacation. And, and you just see that, like, you're not seeing her face in any of these pictures. And I loved that. That was so cool because it is so easy to not even think about that because it's for the sake of the photo they're just trying to be cute in a photo right so like it doesn't need to be a full-on face shot you know they're just trying to show the scenery or whatever so I loved that part of it because it's just so subtle it's a subtle thing of like oh you're right like we are not seeing her mom's face in any of these pictures that she's getting and then it just takes her on this investigation of Basically, the fact that the boyfriend hired somebody that looked exactly like her mom for just this extravagant thing that gets played out that we find out turns out to be a a whole setup by the father who is not dead. But just the whole, there was something just very creepy and daunting and spooky about that part of it of somebody hiring someone that looks exactly like her mom who went along with all of this I guess unknowingly is what it sounded like right seemed like the actress they hired had no idea she was just trying to get the acting job and trying to get the money or whatever it was like and then you just see in one of the photos that it's actually a live video and when she presses on it to look and you see a glimpse that it is not her mom's face there's something very chilling about that scene and it was really cool. And it was a really awesome reveal that they did because like, I just remember my face when that was happening and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's not going to be her mom. That is not going to be her mom. And then you see it and you're like, what is going on? And it just, the story becomes something so different than what you expect it's going to be throughout the entire film. And Man, it was so, it just draws you in in so many different ways. And once you think one thing is done with and doesn't matter, you see it come back around later on. Like even the callbacks to sort of her mom's way of not really being great with technology and always asking Siri to help her and how later on that comes into play and Siri kind of helps them to get out. But even like you said, focusing on, her friend who was a lawyer, I believe, um, her necklace. And you just, you keep seeing when June's talking to her, this lawyer who's trying to help out, it just keeps focusing in on this necklace and just these little tiny things that are, it's easy to miss them 
because of everything else going on on the screen and all the other things you're trying to put together. And man, it just, but then the thing that you think is going to matter or the reason you think it's going to matter isn't what it is. And I think that's really cool. So yeah, I just, man, it just, it, it just really grabs your attention and you're trying to figure out along with her or kind of almost in a way, put yourself in her situation of what else would I try if I was her? You're like, good, you're smart. You're doing the things that you should do. Like what else would I be doing or would I be doing it this way? And there's nothing she was doing that I could say was actually like not a smart thing to do to try to figure this out. Even randomly friending the, the go ninja guy who was a really cool character actually he turned out to be a really cool character who just really was helping her out and kind of her, her eyes around in Colombia because she was in a different state or a different country. And just like, even that was the thing I was going to be weary of, of like, okay, so is he going to be a creeper? Is this like, is it smart to just have a stranger knowing your business like this and telling them these things to do? But I mean, for, for the part he played and what he did, that was actually a smart thing for her to do. Cause I mean, what else can you do and how can you just sit there and do nothing? Right. So I just thought all of that was really smart. Like I just really was impressed with her investigative skills as a teenage girl who's just sort of always a part of social media and things like that. Like it was really just so clever. And she just really, I think her decisions made sense. And that's what I appreciated about the film because there's so many times when they try to have like the, the young character, the teenage character, and they're just doing dumb things that dumb kids do. Right. But she's actually very smart. And I appreciate that they've made her that way in this film. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, that's, that's all I can think of right now. Just a couple of things that just stood out to me as far as in the story, what really grabbed me and the reveal of learning that her dad is not actually dead, but was in fact, they ran away from him and things like that. So the, there was just so much to unpack in this story. And um, I know, yeah, there's just, there's a lot more to kind of unpack with it all, but I want to give you a chance to kind of touch on some of these things, but yeah, that that's just everything about how they do the story and the unraveling and the layers they peel back as she's figuring out what's going on is very top notch. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do agree about that. Uh, the scene where they reveal that it's not the mom, you know, the small little things that, you know, obviously the quote unquote fake boyfriend guy, like that he knew, but didn't really pay attention to like the whole fact that the mom doesn't drink and like how parts of that story unfold because of that, you know, she mentions cocktails 
And then she's like, oh, I meant mocktails, you know. Yep. But then there were more or less mocktails in every single picture and stuff like that or in a bunch of pictures. Part of the, the cover-up story involves wine. You know, and so the mom wouldn't, you know, she realizes, like, when you first hear it, and you're kind of in a state of panic, it makes sense that she doesn't really connect it right off the bat, you know. It's it's the same as, like, you were talking about with the fact that you don't see the mom's face in any of the pictures. In that state of panic, you're not paying attention to that. And then also in the state of Oh, my mom's just sending me pictures of the vacation, not paying attention to that. So it's like that twofold thing of not paying attention. And so whenever she uses that to realize, you know, what's going on, it's really kind of fun. And then, like you said, that scene where it is, it's it's the live picture, you know, that iPhones can do. I, I mean, I'm sure Androids do them too, but it's, the, 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 you know, and she clicks and holds that thing. And so it's just that little bit extra moment that you don't realize, you know, you get if you take a live picture and you don't mean to. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you know, seeing that woman like tilt her head up and it's not her mom and all this other stuff. Like it's, you know, I thought that that was one of the best scenes of the movie because yep. it's so, you know, just creepy. Yep. And, you know, especially when you, you find out like that woman didn't even know what she was doing with it, you know, like she didn't even know that that was part of the whole, uh, you know, a, a fake kidnapping. Yeah. Like a setup. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I thought that that was really one of the best scenes of the movie, just the way that whole thing implies. And then, you know, when it comes to red herrings, you know, the, you know, the fake, uh, the you know, the fake mom uh, is a good one. Um, how much or how smart or how involved the boyfriend was, was, was great how they did that. Um, and then even the mom's friend, the lawyer, because they do, yeah, they do a lot of selling that she is involved in it. Yeah. And then, like you said, focusing on, on her necklace and all those other things. And then it only matters because that's essentially how you find out she's dead, you know, Yeah. is, is the necklace. Like, cause she finds, you know, June finds it kind of broken on the floor. And then you're like, oh, something happened to her. And you only know that because they they shoved that necklace down your throat a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, I don't feel like they do it in a way to try to trick you or to fake you out or anything like that. They do it to just, like I said, they, they use a lot of the schemes and everything like that of just using FaceTime and text messages and WhatsApp and the computer like I said, to narrow your focus a little bit. And so in doing so, that allows them to do that, to just kind of hold you off a little bit. And 
movies like this play out very well, like searching and, and, and this in the regard of how they unfold the mystery ends up feeling very satisfying because it really is real time with the characters in the movie. Yeah. And so by unraveling itself at that pace and the way they do it, you don't ever really feel tricked. You don't feel deceived. You feel like you find out everything you need to know exactly when you should, because in most cases, there's no way to like find out about it beforehand. You know, the final reveal of the dad being, you know, alive and being the kidnapper, uh, I did figure out a little bit before it was revealed. And it's not because the movie did a bad job or anything. It's just some of the things throughout the totality of the movie just don't make sense completely with it. You know, the daughter's very heartbroken. My dad died. My dad died. My dad died. The mom's not. At no point is she like, is at no point does she act like, man, I miss your father too. Like they don't even have that scene that every movie like that would have if the dad died of cancer. Yep. I miss your dad too. I miss this too. I understand too. You're not the only one that lost someone too. All those cliche things they do in every one of these movies, they do not have at all. And then in regard, like I said, the mom does not act at all like someone that lost like her husband. Yeah. Has been then trying to pick up the pieces or anything like that. You know, she very much is rather avoidant anytime the father is brought up or mentioned or anything like that. You know, which isn't more or less how a widower would act, or I mean, a widow would act. So that just ended up seeming very odd to me because. You know, this movie's very methodical. So, to me, the logic is that's an intentional choice to act that way in the movie, not just a bad writing or a bad acting. It was intentional. And, you know, lo and behold, yeah, dad's alive. Dad kidnapped mom. But it's also like, I liked how it kind of showed the extreme, too, of people in that situation or who feel, you know, like an injustice was done to them and all these other things. They never really think everything through as as smart as their plan may be and very intricate and all these things. They don't really think it through. Like this dad comes up with this, you know, insanely intricate and layered plan almost gets away with it. All these things. Except he's just like also goes, oh, if I kidnap my daughter and show her that I kidnapped her mom. Right. And then also beat the fuck out of them. She'll want to be with me. To be back with me. Yeah, exactly. She'll, She'll agree with me that her mom was not justified in... You know, calling the cops on me for abusing drugs and possibly selling drugs and also being abusive. You know, she won't, you know, she won't care about any of that. 
if I just show her all those things too. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like that weird derangement of it all. Like mm-hmm. that, the, that delusion that. And that spiraling kind of. Yeah. You know, just the, and then as you know, whenever he realizes that she's not, I don't know. Then does he like? Is he just gonna kill them both at that point? He's like, or he's yeah, at well, least gonna the kill the mom. Game there, <laughs> he was yeah, at I least just... gonna kill the mom because yeah. then that would definitely solve it. But yeah. even then, it almost implies that he's just gonna kill both at that point. And I'm like, that's a lot of effort to just then kill them both. Now, do you feel like? Because I do feel like, yeah, like his plan wasn't initially to do that like I it does feel like his plan very much was to try to convince and persuade June that your mom had no reason to do this your mom's got problems she's crazy she lied to you about me that very much felt like what his plan was initially going to be until he saw her freak out and realize nah I know my mom better than that you know well yeah, I mean, his his plan was just to, like, kidnap her and convince her that her mom was wrong and all this other stuff and that she was just going to go along with it from the very beginning. And then they were both going to go kill the mom, I guess. Yeah, it does feel like what was going to be your plan after that one point? It feels see, very that's, unplanned that's after that. one of the reasons why I did deduct some points, like, yeah, a little bit more fair. new is because... Even if you are going with like a delusional plan, it still is a very bad plan in the end. And especially, which makes no sense considering how intricate the rest of the plan is. Mm -hmm. Like so much so that he even knows she's got a ring doorbell and I need to tilt my head down. Yeah. You know, at the house when I pick them up, when I'm at the airport, that a place that has security cameras out the ass. I need to make sure my head is exactly this angle. So no camera sees me at the airport. You know, it has all these plans so well thought out. But then just has no plan at the end. Like that just seems right. a little weird. And then they kind of spiral it, you know, and plus, like, I have a problem with the mom, too. Like, why does she go, oh, man, we're more or less going to go witness protection on this shit. Why are we going to do that? Like, 15 miles away from his dad's house. That we also spent a summer vacation at. That I told, you know, that was more or less the last time as a family we went somewhere together. Mm, why yeah. am I, why are we going to move right there? <laughs> yeah. You know, cause they moved from Texas to California. I don't know. Move to Maine. Just go the opposite direction. Right. Where, you know, zero people there. <laughs> or at least just not to the same state. Something like don't move to the last place your family went as a vacation to get away. You know, like none of that makes any sense. And so when that house ended up being the granddad's house that we see at the beginning of the movie, I was just like, what the fuck is going on movie? Like, why would she move there? (laughs) That's silly. 
that's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's fair. You know, and plus they make such a big deal out of Caesar the cat at the beginning of the movie that they don't really have Caesar in the movie for the most part. Like they just have Caesar a little bit at the end just so they, he, the dad can go, Hey, it's Caesar. Like, I'm like, come on guys. <laughs> so yeah. that was a little weird, but I mean, like I said, overall, I did really enjoy this movie. I thought, you know, it had some really good things. And plus the way they shot the scene with that reveal that it's not the mom is just a r- incredibly well done scene. And the way it makes you feel in the movie is, you know, just really, really fucking incredible. Oh yeah. It's definitely like a, I genuinely remember like getting wide eyed and being like, what is happening with that part of the movie? I think it is really a testament to the, the thoughtfulness I feel like of the writing and the, the puzzle pieces that they give you here too, because they, it's like they give you everything that you need to know to sort of figure it out without giving it to you. For example, the, um, like the, the lady who's hired as the actress to play her mom and how when she goes into the boyfriend's emails, it sees like these private emails from her. It looks very much like he's having an affair, very much like, you know, he's just seeing this other woman and that he just has a type because they look so similar and things like that. And even the wording where she's like, Oh, I'll send you pictures. And he's like, Oh, you're perfect. And you think that means he's saying like, you're perfect. I want you, whatever. When he's saying you are perfect to play this role that I need you to play. And it's just so subtly done, but so genius at the same time with it. And there were just little things like that throughout the movie that really were, were kind of, kind of cool. Like, and um, yeah, just the whole thing about the drinks where, where they're like, Oh yeah, they said they saw like a man and a woman and um, something about the wine. And then just her going back to see her mom's uh, messages with this guy when they first met and saying how neither one of them drink and things like that. Like it's just little things that it's going to be so easy to miss, but it's so fun to go back and be like, Oh yeah, they did say that they told us that. And we didn't catch it. And so it was very, it was very clever with all of that. And yeah, I, I just really, there was something else they did like that, that I was like, man, that's so good. But I can't remember what it was. But yeah, it just, just little things like that throughout the film that make this like a fun mystery to kind of unravel with her as she's learning things and as she's also unraveling it. That weirdly does remind me of another problem I have with this movie, though. Um, and that was the fact that this, his name was Kevin, right? The the boyfriend, something like that. Yeah. And he had, like, the same email account for years. Even whenever he was, like, being a con artist, he kept the same email for all of that. Yeah, that was a bad idea. <laughs> no, no, no con artist keeps one email that they run all their cons through. Yeah, wouldn't you have a separate email for every con you're running? 
Pretty much. It would, it would be a constant <laughs> thing like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's just the worst con man in the world because all the evidence of every con he's ever done is just sitting in one email account, you know? Right, just hidden messages. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I blocked him, so it's like gone again. Like, it's just like, come on. Like, yeah, there'd be so much more to it. I mean, they really, because they really do also, like you were saying, they, they heavily imply in some way that Heather, the friend, the lawyer was going to be somehow involved with this because of the focus on her necklace, but also the fact that for one, she also kept talking about how hot she thought the new boyfriend was or whatever. And also just the fact that she's supposed to be sort of in a way looking after June if she needs anything and tells her oh I'll come by and check on you later and she just ends up never showing up really she only comes by the one time before they even know the mom's missing and so just for those reasons when that was happening I was like is she not coming around because she's actually partly responsible for this and like so I feel like they they kind of really make you think it's going to go that way but then there was also a point too when you see the mom and the boyfriend leaving in the the Uber car and you see the guy and his his whole face is covered. And part of me too was also like, why is he completely covered? Why can we not see anything about what he looks like? So I did at one point too say, okay, maybe the Uber driver had something to do with it, which technically he did because it was technically the dad. <laughs> but they they just it makes you so suspicious of everything in the movie. And it was kind of fun going into the movie, knowing that you were going to have to pay attention to every little thing going on. And that was, that was, I mean, and if you, if you don't know to pay attention to those things, it's fun to go back and relook at it or to kind of think back on it and say, Oh yeah, that did happen or that didn't happen. So I just kind of love the fun of that where you're like, okay, let me see if I can also figure out what's going on. And typically I feel like with movies like this, you tend to figure out who it is or what's going on fairly quickly, or at least before they reveal to you what's actually happening. And I do sometimes, but with this one, I honestly, I I went so many different directions with what I thought was happening. But I think that that's such a good testament to how you do a good mystery. You're suspicious of everything and everybody. And there was one point when not, I wasn't really suspicious of the cop that was helping or the detective that was helping. But part of me is like, I don't know, in searching it was so. <laughs> but I wasn't really suspicious, but it really just makes you think, oh, you don't know who to trust here. Like, should I not trust the Go Ninja guy either? Because like, we don't know what's going on with anything. So I just I think it's such a testament to really creative and clever writing. That's another problem I have with the movie. You just keep kind of reminding me of some problems. Oh, no. I'm like trying to um, talk it up more and you're like, oh, more issues. Well, just also, why didn't the mom recognize the dad? Like, I don't give a fuck if his hat is down a little low. All this other stuff. Yeah. That was your fucking husband that you've been running away from who looks the exact fucking same as he used to. Like, come on, get it together. Right. Because, I mean, I know she wasn't in the car that long, but that is a good point because... You know, she's looking down, texting with June as she's leaving. And, but it's like, 
I mean, was there, you, you didn't see, like look around to see who was, or even like in the mirror, see like this face or these eyes look familiar. Yeah, that is a good point. You're right. This movie's definitely not without its flaws, <laughs> but it's, I don't know. I think the good and the the fun of it and the the smartness of it does outweigh those flaws. But yeah, things that I didn't think about are kind of coming to me now, but yes. Yeah, it's, I mean, still, even with those flaws, they're, they're kind of quick and fleeting, you know? Yeah. I mean, even if it was one of those things where, yeah, she's looking down at her phone and all this other stuff, like, I don't know. Anytime I've taken an Uber or anything like that, yeah, I, I'm not the most conversational person with my Uber, Uber driver, but I at least look at them to see what right. they look like. You yeah. Know. And maybe Kevin was distracting her and like trying to make sure she wouldn't see. But in either case, yeah, because it, it's like, you know, you only have to get so far, or you have to travel so many miles in that car before you're supposedly switching them out anyway but yeah it was long enough to where I don't know I feel like I would have noticed that but I don't know but I I also another thing I did really like about about this movie is the um like and I know I keep kind of referring back to searching for it just because like you said I I like that one better because it's it's a fresher idea and it is the the urgency of it and the the way the story is told is a little bit more exciting and fresh and all of that. I do feel like it's a little bit tighter too with those like flaws that it had. But um like in in searching with the dad who's the main character who is the one trying to figure out what's going on, he's a a little bit older and he knows how to navigate through technology. But he's not super tech savvy. He doesn't know all these different websites or apps that kids his daughter's age might get on to talk to each other and whatever. So you see in that movie how he's really kind of figuring out these things. And he's like, well, what is this? And why was she on this? And that was a lot of his searching was like, I don't even know what these things are and why she was on them. And then in this movie with June, she is that tech savvy person. She's, you know. 18 years old and so she already understands like she's in the generation of oh yeah there's an app for everything there's a communication for everything there's social media for everything these days and just her navigating through that it it just the way that her character both of these main characters in both movies are done is it seems very true to the the age and the personality of who these characters are which I thought was a really cool thing and a, a really nice thing that they made consistent with these movies. Cause I think you need to get that aspect of it right for it to work as well as it actually does. Yeah, that's a very good point. I agree with that. You got any more thoughts or are you just going to keep bringing up stuff to make me find <laughs> and negative another things? Another thing. <laughs> um, was there anything else? I feel like I honestly just really enjoyed at the end how Siri ended up helping save them. 
how she realized, oh, my phone is still on the thing. Maybe it can, maybe it can hear me through. I don't know how realistic that is, but I liked the idea of it. (laughs) And I thought that was a really cool kind of Um, save for them. Theoretically, that could work. Yeah. I mean, I'm really surprised that, that every camera he fucking had in that house had microphones. That's actually more rare. Um, than anything like they were two-way cameras they they had speakers and microphones on all of them that's very very surprising to me although yeah why didn't because i mean she was saying hello when she was trying to look for her mom in the cameras that one might not have had two-way audio you know that's that's one thing i thought was weird is that she automatically assumed they did most cameras don't cameras are more likely to only be video or one-way audio than they are two-way audio. Um, Yeah. And I don't know what, I guess, gave her the inclination to think that it would have both. But, Mm. you know, she kind of more or less lucked out that it did. Theoretically, it would work like that. I mean, she lucked out that she left her phone face up because otherwise, hey, Siri wouldn't work. Um. But I mean, that's the thing, like apparently like with people with home pods and like cell phones and Alexas and Echoes and Google devices, they have been triggered a lot with like the Hey Alexa or Hey Siri, like they do trigger when voices say that stuff on televisions and stuff like that. So that's true. That's not the craziest thing in the world. I mean... I could never do that. If I was ever in her situation, I'd kind of be fucked because Hey Siri is disabled on my phone. So <laughs> I I can't ever do that. It's mainly because I personally am morally against Siri. And all <laughs> of them, really. It's not just Siri. It's Alexa. It's the Hey Google, all of it. I'm morally against all of them. And I sure. have them. Uh, I, a, I don't have any of those smart speaker devices. Uh, I do have a HomePod. Um, but that's mainly because that's just like an easily parable thing with my Apple TV. And so uh, I have the Hey, you know, Siri feature uh, disabled on it too. So no matter what, it can never go off. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would be kind of fucked in that situation. But I also, you know, if my dad, if my mystery dad, who I thought was dead, just <laughs> randomly showed up at my house. I wouldn't be letting him in the fucking door either. I would have already been calling the police. Yeah, like... Like, yeah. even if I'm talking to him over the doorbell, I've already dialed 911. Right. Yeah. I mean, and here's here's my question, too. With Javier, who was the Go Ninja guy helping her out, now, would you... Would you have continued to help her or would you have been like, I can't do any more. You need to go to the police like after the first thing or whatever that she asked. I mean, but the thing is, is she had gone to the police. Yeah. So it's not like it was anything like that. Plus she wasn't asking him to do anything illegal. Right. But I guess I just mean like if you were in that situation he was making his like eight bucks a, a job. Yeah. But then there comes the thing where part of me is like, this poor girl, her mom is missing. Do I want to charge her for this? <laughs> but I get it. You know, you just got to make the money. 
So that was my next question is he like, if you would have continued to help, he would probably you? did stop ch- like charging her because the amount of money she had, plus the amount of yeah. jobs she was sending him on at one point, he obviously wasn't continually going on jobs. Yeah. I feel like probably at the point when, when he told her like, call me whenever, call me if you need anything. That was probably the point where he's like, I'm just going to help you now, you know? Yeah, you know, like just helping her between jobs or something. But yeah, he obviously wasn't charging her because she would have ran out of like funds to pay him within like the first half hour of the movie at that point. Yeah, that's a true story because she did not have a lot of money. Um, Yeah. mm, Yeah. So that's probably all it was is like, yeah, he was charging her originally. But I think especially with the whole once it got to the point of like it's a fake mom and there was the fake kidnapping and all that shit. I don't think he was charging her at that point. <laughs> yeah. Cause that, I mean, they didn't say it, but I feel like it was pretty implied. Cause that, yeah, that would have been me too. I would have been like, no, I'm not going to charge you after this. Like you've, you've got enough going on. I think we're good. But I do like that. They ended up kind of just sort of staying friends a little bit after after everything went down and got resolved i like that uh yeah that he was still like friends with her and trying to facebook friend her mom and all of this stuff and and i do also like the as we talk about that first movie a little bit the nod they do a little bit in this movie to searching where it's whatever the show is called that she's watching that she ends up watching about the story of them as well on there, the documentary or the fake documentary about what happened. Was it un unsolved or un? I don't. Remember I, I don't think show. it was unsolved because. Well, yeah, it was solved. Everything so. they were showing was solved. Yeah, it was un something. I don't know, but it was just it was kind of cool because you know you see that at the very beginning it was a cool tie around too because at the very beginning she's watching that show and she's checking what she's watching on this series with the, the article of what actually happened. And then at the end of it, you're seeing that she's watching this and it's the story of what happened with her and her mom. And she's checking it out to see how, how it ends or doesn't even finish it. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of a cool tie around to from the beginning of the film to the end of the film. And, how it started and finished was kind of cool. Yeah, it was a good full circle moment. Yeah, it's going to drive me crazy till I remember what that show was called. But yeah. If only something like Google exists. <laughs> yes. But, oh, hush, buddy. I've got nothing else. You got anything else? No. All right, so on that note, thank you for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or Facebook, where we're Cinema Slayers podcast, or uh, Twitter and Instagram, where we're Cinema underscore Slayers, or TikTok, where we're Cinema Slayers pod, or YouTube, where we're at Cinema Slayers pod. Uh, shout out to Plug Me, Go, and Mundo Cho for our theme song and logos, respectively. Um... Uh, Give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. It'd really help us out. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends, family, tell your family's friends. And most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because dear sweet mothers love 
trips to Colombia? No, because you get kidnapped in Colombia. Were you not mm. watching this movie? Um, that was bad. Well, technically, she didn't go to Colombia. Yeah, but she still got kidnapped in Colombia and not in Colombia. She okay. got essentially double kidnapped with only getting kidnapped once. She got double kidnapped. Okay, they love Siri. Moms love Siri. Well, that's fair. <laughs> and that's why I have mother issues. Yeah, that explains all of it. Yep. Mothers love Siri. I hate Siri. Exo facto, I hate mothers. <laughs> Even though they love you? They do love me. <laughs> it's a weird little situation. It is, and it's all Siri's fault. Yep. And just remember here at the uh, Cinema Slayers podcast, we are both pro-slut and pro-Sydney. And most importantly, just remember, according to Justin, or as I was in this podcast, the YouTube videos and the TikToks, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Did you not find the show yet? No. Cinema It's weird because I, I Googled it very, very specifically and it's not giving me my answer. It's just telling me the plot of the movie. Hush. <laughs> Well, I'll find it, I guess, in my own time. But yeah, it did not pull it up for me. I'll find it. You probably will. Oh. No, this article doesn't have it. What? How do you talk about this movie? <laughs> no, it's just a weird, like, it should be something easily searchable. We'll see, like, my problem with this is this is an article that is specifically about the fact that this movie kind of shines a light on like internet sleuthing. Mm -hmm. The people watching documentaries or TikToks or, or watching, you know, real life news and, you know, sleuthing it and jumping to conclusions and all of these things. And mm -hmm. yet they don't mention the name of the show. Right. Like, It even mentions the show. It even mentions the whole, oh, the, the the movie ends with one final joke when she's watching, you know. The show. <laughs> a bingeable show. And I'm like, it's a fucking series in the show. 
Yeah. How do you not mention the name of it again, like multiple times? This is an incredibly terribly written article. <laughs> tisk tisk. I know. I am disappointed in the internet at the moment. Like I just don't understand how they don't have this. Like, that's real rough. <laughs> oh, no. It's just such an unsearchable thing. So. They even fuck this up in the trivia on IMDb. It says this movie is a standalone sequel to Searching, which stars John Cho. This movie starts with docudrama footage based on the events of the previous film. So they even mention the fact that they're watching a docudrama about searching in this movie, but they don't even <laughs> say the name of it. Oh, man. I'm going to find this. I know. It's going to drive me crazy. Tune in to our next episode. Right. In the intro, I will have the name of this fucking TV series. <laughs> that it also pisses me off. Unfiction. It. Found it. Unfiction? Unfiction. God, they they should have left that untitled then. <laughs> Unsolved is better, even though that one makes no sense, but unfiction is the name of it. That sounds like some shitty thing Netflix would have. <laughs> Speaking of, but yeah, we solved the mystery, everybody. I think, <laughs> I think that that is the biggest indictment of Netflix. Mm. That sounds like some shitty fucking show name that Netflix would have. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, Netflix, get your shit together. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm out.